Kia ora and welcome to Business Your Way, a podcast where I take you behind the scenes and look at the strategies, systems and support needed to grow and scale an online service business. One that not only supports you and your family financially, but one that gives you the freedom to live the life of your dreams. I'm taking the many lessons learnt over the last two decades of running my own business and working with hundreds of clients to bring you what's working now conversations. I'm pulling back the curtain to bring you real stories from real people, including myself. We're going to talk about everything from how to get clarity on your vision, creating systems so you can automate and delegate, how to hire a kick-ass team that creates raving, returning and referring clients. We're even going to talk about how to kick those limiting beliefs to the curb so that you can flourish in your business. I'm your host, Sandra Julian, an Indigenous mama of three, fashion-loving sewist and business strategist. Each week, I want to help you dream big, plan well and do the work to grow and scale your business your way. If you're ready to scale your business but you're not sure where to start, you can take my free two-minute quiz to find out your agency owner persona and uncover how you can use your strengths to scale and streamline your business without compromising you and sacrificing your life. You can head over to the show notes for the link. It is sandrajulian.co forward slash quiz. Hey friend, welcome to episode 57 of Business Your Way. So glad that you're joining me here today as we dive into another juicy topic that is probably not unfamiliar to most agency owners. Because it's not unusual in the agency work to be working on projects with clients over a decent period of time. For instance, my event management agency, we can spend up to 3 to 18 months working with a client to deliver their event, depending on how big or small their event is and what the purpose of their event that they want to hold is all about. It can be, you know, decent chunky projects that we're working on and they don't come together overnight. And this might apply for like website designers or copywriters or consultants who are diving deep into a particular area for a business. Even if you are like an interior designer or an architect or even a bookkeeper, like you could be doing you know, GST returns for a client every two months, but you need the client to do their part of the process before you can do your job. And then every two months. So it's ongoing every two months. And when you're working in the agency model, you are usually working in partnership with your client. So they've got you in because they need some help doing a particular task, whether that is a skill set that they don't have or whether it is filling a capacity gap that they have. Whatever that is, they've got your specialty on their team for a particular 
purpose, whether that is ongoing or it is a period of time and it is project-based. But what you will find, and I'm sure that you have come across this if you've been working on chunky projects with your client, that time frames get pushed out. And they get pushed out because you're waiting for the client to review something or sign off on a particular point in the project and the project can't move forward without that sign off from the client or they need to approve some proofs that you've given them or some content that you have given them. Whatever that input is from your client, you're not able to move forward with your project until you've got that back. I'm sure that just about every agency owner has experienced something like this at some stage in their journey. And again, it's because we're working so closely with our clients that they need to do some of the work because we are not the business owner. It's their business. So they have to make the final decisions on a particular piece of work. And usually when it's a chunky project, there are some milestone points in the project that the client has to have input to. It's not like you can do the whole project and then just get them to sign it off at the end. There's usually milestone points where the client has to do their part. But how often have you heard a client say, oh my gosh, I am sorry it's taking so long to get back to you. I've been so busy. I'll need to sit down and do this and I'll do it soon. Or there is some iteration of that that you get back as the agency owner. And this is Like I find it completely understandable. We've all had a lot to deal with in the past few years. Like if COVID has sent anyone into a tailspin and, you know, projects have been drawn out just because we're all juggling, uh, been juggling like 101 things. And I can definitely empathize with the client Because we've all been in that position. We're all juggling a lot of things and we're all really busy. But when you get one client after another, after another, just coming to you and saying, look, I'm so sorry it's taken so long. I've been so busy. And that's a constant that you're hearing. It becomes a real struggle for your team and for your business. You can no longer effectively plan the workflow for your team, even with the infinite follow-up emails that you might be sending to the client or the endless phone calls or every time you get a reply back from your email or your phone call or gosh, we're even text messaging sometimes now. I'm so sorry, I'll get to that very soon. I'll get to that by weekend. Yes, I'll get back to you soon. But you and your team feel stuck and it becomes impossible for you to plan forward because you don't know when you're going to get the information that you need from the client so that you can keep moving forward. You don't want your team sitting around twiddling their thumbs. You want to be able to start a new project or take on new clients. But when the projects get stalled, then uncertainty creeps into your thinking. Uncertainty creeps into 
Do we really have the capacity to take on a new client? Should we start this new project now? Because what if this client comes back with their content? Then we have to drop the new project in order to keep this project moving forward because they were first in line. And so then you start to juggle all kinds of different deadlines and multiple projects happening at once. And it puts real pressure on you and your team. And that's not really a fun place to be in. And even for someone like me who manages events, the event date is not movable. So when a client is slow to return content or provide their edits or sign off on a decision, we experience a condensing of our workload. So it puts pressure on me and my team to do more work in a condensed period of time because the event date's just not movable. So, you know, come hell or high water, we need to get the work done before the event date. And it does, it puts real pressure on my team because, you know, we're never just managing one event. We've got multiple events on the go at any one time. And so our time and how we manage our events is really thought out. And so when a client doesn't get their information back to us at the time that we've asked, it creates all sorts of problems for all of our other projects. And for someone like a web developer, building a website for a client could take, you know, 90 days. But by the time the copy is written and reviewed, the design is signed off and the website is live, it's all got a time frame that goes with that. But when the client doesn't do their review, gosh, there's no deadline like the event that they're working to. So the go live date of the website just keeps getting pushed out and getting pushed out and getting pushed out. So for every delay that the client takes in getting the content back to you, the go live, which is the project completion date, just keeps getting pushed back. And then before you know it, you're 12 months down the track and you're just signing off the new website that should have taken 90 days. So, you know, for different business models, depending on whether your finish date for your project is hard and fast like an event or whether it's really soft like a new website going live, it's got different consequences inside of your business. And I don't think it's because the client intends to take their time or intends to, you know, keep pushing the project out if it doesn't have a hard and fast deadline, because usually the clients are outsourcing their work to an agency because they don't have time themselves to do the work or they don't have the skill set that they need. However, you as the agency owner, you can't do all of the work for the client. The client still needs to make some key decisions. And truly, most agency owners are magicians in the first place. But we can't run a sustainable business when we have constant delays from our client. So let's talk about some of the strategies that you could implement to reduce these pesky delays that has all of these implications for your business. We want to address 
this problem because if this problem continues to occur client after client, project after project, you're not going to be able to sustainably scale your business. Well, let's not even talk about scale, just have a sustainable business where you're not working all kinds of hours and sacrificing other areas of your life to meet client deadlines because the client has been too busy. So one strategy that you could consider is implementing a done in a day business model, also known as the one day intensive or the VIP days. These are where a client pays you for one day, maybe two days, to just work on their project. They are specific days allocated in your calendar. They book their VIP day, you collect everything you need ahead of the VIP day, and then you dedicate a block of time to get that work done. This is usually promoted as a really good business model for freelancers or small agencies of maybe one to three people. However, not all projects can be managed like this. For me as an event management agency, this model doesn't work for us where we are managing the full event for our client. There are many months required to implement a event. But we do offer a one-day intensive to help our clients put their event strategy in place or to create their event brief before they take the next step to implement their event. We have to get clear on their purpose, their outcome, what success looks like, who their event is for, who it's not for. So we can do that in a day rather than having that carried out over multiple weeks. Those make sense for a done-in-a-day business model. So you might be able to use this model for your projects. You might be able to just implement this across all of your business. But if you are still interested or still like to really work on chunky projects over a period of time, then this model might not be for you. But if you think this model might work for you or might work for a couple of your products that you offer, then I encourage you to go and listen to episode 16 where my guest was Sarah Massey. And she shares her journey of moving from project work to VIP days and then running her whole business on the VIP day model. But where you have a business that works on bigger projects, projects that can't be just done in a day, projects that actually need to happen over time, then let's dive into some strategies that you can implement to keep your project on track and moving according to the timeline that you set out. So you want to set expectations and boundaries from the get-go with your client. And this is really important. It means that you are in the driving seat, you are setting the rules and not your client. Create a timeline as soon as the proposal has been signed off by the client. Set up that timeline and communicate it with the client. 
Let them know that it's a 12-week project from start to finish. Let them know what you will require from them and when. Even get them to block some calendar time for their input to the project. I'm going to give you an example using the website designer that I referred to earlier. So let's say that a website can take eight weeks to build from start to finish. Weeks one and two will be dedicated to copywriting and the client must have all of their revisions back to you by Wednesday of week three. So then you and your team can finalize the copy by the end of week three and then start on the design phase. The client must then review the design by Wednesday of week six. So all revisions can be made by your team by mid-week seven and then the website is live on the client's site in week eight. So you would outline this timeline to the client and set the expectations of them, what you need them to do. You also want to make it super clear as to what will happen if they don't adhere to the deadlines. And this could be a number of things. But again, you know, as we are parents and we're bringing up our kids, We always give our kids the consequence of what will happen if they don't do their chores. So if they don't do their chores, then they don't get their pocket money, right? So as parents, we're all kind of familiar with that cause and effect type methodology that we use with our kids in order to get them to do their jobs and to know that These are the expectations that we have on them to be part of a family unit. So we use the same kind of strategies with our clients. There are consequences if deadlines are not adhered to, right? So the consequences, they could be different. You have to work this out for what makes most sense to your business. But for example, you proceed with the project based on the recommendation that you've given your client. So you went to your client, you said to them that they need to make a decision, this is your recommendation for their decision, and they need to come back to you by Wednesday next week. If we don't hear from you by Wednesday next week, we're going to move forward with this recommendation. So that's one consequence that you could put on their silence, That's another way to put it when you don't hear back from them. It's their silence means that we will proceed like this. The other way to approach this is that the project gets paused and it goes to the back of the queue. Because agency owners, we've always got a queue of projects and we've always working on each project is at different stages. So if you don't hear back from the client, then the project gets paused and it goes to the back of the queue. When they return the material to you, you let them know when the project can be restarted, depending on your workload, your time frame. This allows you to be in control of the workload for your team. And then you're not jumping to meet the needs of the client's demands. You're not allowing the client to sit in the driving seat. 
And then that stops this compression of work because the date where the client needed to get it back to you and the window of time that you had allocated to do your next piece in the project has now gone. And you're now working with another client and working on their project. So you don't have that window of time that you used to have. So then the client's project goes to the back of the line. You reinforce your boundary that you established at the beginning of the project, letting them know that now that you have their revisions, you will let them know when you can restart their project, given that they missed their deadline. Or the other way to approach this is that there is a late fee that they get charged if deadlines are missed. So again, this might not work for you, but in my event agency, it's not unusual for a client to decide to postpone their event. It could be for like a myriad of reasons, but sometimes it's because they feel they've run out of time. They feel that they haven't given themselves enough of a runway to get the project done because now they've got delays in the things that they have to do. And those delays means that the event date is getting closer and closer and closer. So we charge a fee if they postpone their event. But that is only if the new date is within six months of the original event date. If they decide to postpone it any further out than that six months point, then we consider that they have cancelled the contract and that our cancellation clauses now become applicable. So then we go ahead, we cancel the contract, they pay any cancellation fees, and then we re-establish a new contract and we start again. I wanted to jump in here really quickly and ask you for a big favour. If you are loving this podcast and this episode, I would be grateful if you could share it with a friend. Or even better yet, jump over onto Instagram and share it on your stories. Don't forget to tag me, I'm sandrajulian.co. That really is the best way for others to find out about this podcast, and I thank you in advance. Alrighty, back to the episode. So for my event agency, that makes sense for us. But I couldn't even imagine how much out of pocket I would be if I didn't have these clauses and set these expectations with my clients. So you need to decide what the rules of engagement are for your agency. Otherwise, you'll find that the client gets to set the rules and then you are just at their beck and call. And when they decide to get their work done and get it back to you, they have some expectations that now that they've got it back to you, you're just going to carry on with their project. That causes all kinds of trouble inside of your agency. People have to work overtime. People have to work all kinds of additional hours. It creates stress for everybody. Workload gets compounded or other clients suffer because of it and then your other clients don't get your best work and then that's not fair on you and it's not fair on them. So you need to set the expectations and boundaries from the get-go of the project, enforce those boundaries and put some consequences to those boundaries not being adhered to. 
And then you have to communicate, communicate, communicate and communicate some more. There can never be enough communication during a project. In my event agency, I schedule frequent meetings with my clients and all calendar invites get sent at the beginning of a project usually. The meetings are put into the calendars from the very beginning of the project because it keeps us both accountable. It keeps me and my team accountable and it keeps the client accountable. Because we know we can't turn up to the next meeting having not done what was needed to be done in the time frame leading up to that meeting. Most people, and I'm going to say most people, don't like turning up to a meeting and saying, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't do it. It's easy to put that in an email or in a, in a text message. It's easy to say, I'm sorry, I haven't done it. But when you actually have to turn up to a meeting and sit face to face with somebody, that's harder to say. So I like putting meetings in the calendar to communicate regularly with my clients. I let the client know that our meetings are where decisions are made. It's where we assess the risk, where we weigh up our pros and cons. It's where we make adjustments and we both agree on the decisions that are made. If timelines need adjusting, we agree on the adjusted timelines. I get to say what works for me and my team. They get to say what works for them. We agree on the new dates if we need new dates or we agree on the adjustments and then we keep moving forward. But we also communicate outside of these meetings. And I'm going to go back to the website example that I've been using throughout this episode because I thought it'd be nice if I had like an alternative example for you and I just kept to that example throughout the whole episode. So I'm going to keep with my website example. You could get your client to assign some not negotiable time in their calendar at the beginning of the project to do the revisions. So the revisions that you require of them for the copy and the revisions you require from them for the design. This means that you have to have your content to them by the date that you know that they've set aside in their calendar. Again, it keeps you accountable and it keeps them accountable. And then with the website example again, send regular emails to your client, letting them know what's coming and reminding them about what you'll be sending them and the dates that you're going to need them to get that back to you. So the first email could be like, we're in week two. We are still prepping your copy. Next week, you can expect to receive the copy from us, which we'll need you to review by the following week. So every week, schedule an email to go out to the client, letting them know what you're doing, where you're up to in the timeline, and what you're going to need from them next. But again, decide what works best for your projects and your business on how best to communicate. Like I said, in my event agency, I find that scheduling frequent meetings with my clients creates more accountability than any other type of communication that we do. We do regular email updates, regular maybe phone calls, 
in between the meetings where we need to keep things moving. So it's a quick check-in, it's a quick touch base, making sure that we've got what we need to keep progressing. So you need to decide what is the best communication plan for the project that you've got. When you instigate the communication with the client and when you let them know what's coming and what you expect from them, it keeps you in the driver's seat. They have engaged you because you are good at what you do. Don't then let them be in the driver's seat. And I know that I have done this. I have been the terrible client. And it's because the person or the agency that I've engaged to do the work has allowed me to delay and delay and delay. Usually those delays are because I'm not clear about what I should do and then I get stuck or it's hard because it's not my zone of genius and so then I sit on it and I think, oh, I should know this, they've given me everything I need, I need to get it done, I procrastinate, I put it off and the client lets me do that. So don't be that agency or don't be that service provider who allows your client to keep postponing and to keep putting it off. Check in with them. What are you finding hard? What are you struggling with? Shall we jump on a phone call? Can I answer any questions for you? How are you doing? Constantly check in with your clients, especially when the project is with them for review or for sign-off or approval or whatever that piece is that is back with the client. Check in with them. See how they're doing. I promise you the things that that check-in will reveal will give you so much more information that then you'll be able to implement systems and processes to ensure that you keep your projects on the timeline that you've set. And be specific and clear with your clients. Don't have open-ended options where the client gets to dictate how your process happens. So if you're giving the client the opportunity to make revisions, then how many revisions do they get to make? You'll find that if you give your clients as many revisions as they like, they'll quickly skim read over whatever you've given them and they'll shoot it back to you. And then they'll keep doing this because every time they skim read what you give them, they find something else. And they do this because they want to get it back to you within the time frame that you've set, but they've only given themselves a short period of time to do their piece. So they've quickly reviewed it or they've skim read it or they've just glanced at it and sent what they've found back. Because in the back of their mind, they know that they've got endless amounts of revisions. But if you say to the client, you only get one revision and then this happens or and then we go live or then we keep progressing or then whatever the next step in your project or your process is happens next and they don't get the opportunity to review that milestone again and again and again. So be specific. You only get to revise this once, then this happens. What you'll find is that the client then knows that they only get one chance. So they will allocate a chunk of time. 
they will sit down and they will give it their full attention and they will go through the content you've given them or the approval that they need to sign off on. They'll make sure that they get it right with their one revision. So in my event agency, we have a, well, let's go back even a step further. In my event agency, we provide registration management services. And so we set up a registration page and we manage that for our clients. And when we've got a client who has engaged us for that service, the first thing I do is set a meeting to discuss the event registration page with the client. I've got a bit of a checklist that I go through to make sure that I'm getting all of the information that I need and that I'm discussing with the client the pros and cons. If they do this, then this could happen. If they do this, then this could be an option to do X, Y, Z. So one that just comes off the top of my head is Do you want to offer one-day registrations or do you want to make sure that your delegates come to both days? And depending what type of event it is, it might be important that they attend both days and for only attending one day, it doesn't make sense because all of the content of the event over the two days is all connected and without day one, they can't jump into day two. And if they only come for day one and not day two, they only get half the picture. So we talk about this with the client. One day only, both days. Is there an extra event, like a dinner event that they can come to? Is there any social events? Is there an extra cost to that? Is it all inclusive? We talk about everything. I go through my checklist. Once I've got all of the information, because again, my client doesn't know what they don't know about a registration page. They don't know all of the things that I know. So I go through everything with them. I bring up things that they hadn't even thought of. And sometimes they're like, yeah, nah, that's not us. Or they go, whoa, I never really thought of that, but that's a great idea. Let's do that. So I find getting the client into a meeting and going through a checklist I get all the information that I need to then prepare the content for the registration page. I then draft that up into a Word document, including all of their terms and conditions, their payment terms, their refund terms, their who can take images, whether you can record or not, liability clauses, disclaimer clauses, all goes into their terms and conditions. I then send that Word document back to the client for review and sign off. I've already set the timeline for the registrations going live with them at the meeting. So it's like, all right, now I've got all this information from you. I'm going to prepare a Word document. I'm going to get it to you by this date. I need your revisions by this date. It's going to take us X amount of days to build your site And then we both agree that registrations will go live on this date. So I set all of the timeline to get their registration page built and live at that very first meeting with them. And we agree that that's the time frame. And I let them know if there are delays in you signing off the content, then there will be a delay in your registrations going live. So they are aware 
of that from the get-go. And I also don't allow them to do multiple revisions. They get the opportunity to revise the content once and then we build. So I'm really clear with them again, you get one opportunity to review the content before we build. After we've built, you know, I'm okay to make tweaks for typos because we all make typos, but I'm not making changes to pricing or structure or anything like that. That's not being made after we've built out the registration page. So be specific and clear with your clients. If you offer revisions, how many do they get? Specificity wins the game every time. Alrighty, so let's recap what we've covered today. I know that was a lot. So if you're struggling with clients not getting information back to you and projects that should take eight weeks keep getting pushed back, and then before you know it, it's 26 weeks later and the project is still not finished, then consider implementing a VIP day model. Set expectations and boundaries with your clients from the get-go. Communicate, communicate and communicate some more to ensure that your client knows what's coming and what's expected from you. You are reiterating the expectations and boundaries that you set from the get-go. And then be super specific and clear with the client about what's happening, how many revisions they get, how long they get, who's doing what. Again, part of that specificity is setting the expectations and the boundaries and reinforcing it. And so what I want to ask you now is a question around whether or not you have client onboarding process. Because what I find is if there is no client onboarding process in a business, then these issues that we've covered today about projects not being completed on time and the deadlines being pushed out and pushed out and pushed out, the client not doing what you need from them, your boundaries aren't being adhered to, all kinds of you know crazy things are happening with the projects that you're doing. And it's usually because there is no onboarding process. The client onboarding process that you have in your business should outline what's included in the service that they've purchased. It should set the expectations. It should let the client know what you need from them for their project to be a success. So if your answer to that question of do you have a client onboarding process in your business is no, then this is one of the areas that we cover when you work with me. Because if you want to scale your business, you have to be in control of your processes and not let the client call all of the shots. And you really do want to scale your business. Because when you do, you will enjoy your work much more. You will work with the clients who respect your boundaries and comply with the expectations that allow you to do the fantastic job that they've engaged you to do. And sacrifice 
will be a thing of the past. You won't have to sacrifice your personal time because clients haven't got things back to you on time. You won't have to sacrifice other projects because a client has been dragging their tail. So if you want to have my help setting the expectations for your clients and putting a client onboarding system in place amongst a whole lot of other things that we do when you work with me, then I invite you to book a free 60-minute scale strategy session. On this call, we'll take a look at your current situation and see what's working and what's not. We'll identify what's possible for you and your business in the next 90 days and beyond. We'll uncover the number one bottleneck restricting your growth and holding you back from scaling. And that could well be that you don't have an onboarding process where you are setting clear expectations, boundaries and communicating with your client. So if that's your number one bottleneck, we'll uncover that in your free 60-minute scale strategy session. We'll also develop a three-step action plan where you get to put these results into your business as soon as possible. Now, this is an obligation-free call. You can take your three-step action plan and go implement that all by yourself. Or you can get to work with me on implementing your three-step action plan and have someone by your side as you do the work, someone to bounce your ideas off of, someone to step you through all of the things that you need to do in order to create that clear path to scaling your business. No more missed deadlines by your clients. No more time pressures because the client hasn't got things back to you on time. I invite you to book a free 60-minute scale strategy session by going to sandrajulian.co forward slash scale. I look forward to talking to you about what's going on in your business. What's holding you back from really creating the agency that gives you freedom of choice to live a more fulfilled life and say goodbye to the sacrifice that you are probably experiencing at the moment in your business. So go ahead, get yourself over to sandrajulian.co forward slash scale. Before you go today, I want to thank you for being here and listening all the way to the end. All the links to this week's episode can be found in the show notes and you can read a full blog of the episode at sandrajulian.co forward slash podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure you hit that subscribe button and get new episodes as soon as they're released. If you'd like to reach out to me and chat about anything on today's episode or any of the previous episodes on the podcast, then I've got a link in the show notes so you can leave me a voice message or a video message. I really do look forward to hearing from you. Alrighty, have a productive week and I will talk to you again real soon.